Shoe with Ed Easton Jr. We are back once again here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio as well as iHeartRadio. And now we've been going for a week. Obviously, it was uh, 4th of July. I hope everybody enjoyed their 4th of July. And it's like it's the NBA always finds a way to emerge no matter what. It doesn't matter if it could be, uh, you know, the, the dead of summer in regards to like like the July or August and there's no there's nobody really playing all you're getting is like summer league it's still the NBA it's still the transactions it's still the drama it, it's always the NBA the NFL it, it gives you its fair of dra- you know its fair share of drama but it just doesn't give you you know what the NBA does the NBA gives you the full soap opera and it's interesting because you look at the situation with LeBron James and for anyone that's been living under a rock, you know, LeBron James went back to Cleveland. He uh, made sure during those four years that that team was good enough to make the finals four straight seasons. He carried the team again last year. They came up short again. He won one title in his four years in Cleveland. And the odds are chances that he was going to leave. You know, everyone was kind of saying, okay, this is probably a time to leave LeBron. You know, they're not giving you any help. Some people were saying, hey, stay, stick it out. You know, maybe it's it's best that you keep your legacy going in Cleveland because you're, you're a legend. You, you know, those, uh, those championship uh, opportunities were there. He had that team basically, you know, elite just on his own. And I, I just looked at it and said, wow. You know, wouldn't it be great to see another player just finish their career off where they started? Or even if that was the case, go back to Miami, you know, finish the job there. But sadly, and I say sadly because I'm I'm not a Lakers hater, but I'm just a, I'm not a fan of teams and, uh, you know, like players just being persuaded too much by the big market. Yes, LeBron James is an enterprise. He is everything. He, you know, he can walk to any team and make them an elite contender. But why go to the Los Angeles Lakers? You know, I, I get it. Hollywood, all that stuff. But let's really think about this. The Lakers have a nice young core. They're going to be a good team eventually. They're going to go through a growing pace like any other team. But why, if you're LeBron James, go to a place where obviously you're going to make him into a playoff contender, but a place that has so many Hall of Famers that were homegrown with the Lakers? You're just like another name in in the puzzle that, you know, you're talking about all different types of players from Shaquille O'Neal, Will Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, Kobe Bryant, obviously the most recent, Magic Johnson, who is the general manager, I mean, not general manager, he's the, uh, the, the president of the Lakers who made sure personally went to LeBron's house in L.A. and got the deal done. Let's, basically, let's be real. The, the first minute of free agency knocking on LeBron James' door was Irvin Magic Johnson. And obviously his whole plan was, okay, we're going to just get you possibly make a run at Kawhi, make a run, you know, Paul George. Paul George staying in OKC was probably, in my opinion, the second biggest surprise of free agency. And for those wondering, LeBron going to L.A. is not the biggest surprise. 
It's a surprise, but it's not the biggest surprise. But uh, Paul George, after all the the, uh, the the flirting with going to L.A. for the last year and a half, he decides he wants to stay with OKC to play with Russell Westbrook. You don't hear that often. And, and obviously because of this, Carmelo Anthony became expendable. And he is uh, expected to be... You know, uh, expected they're expected to part ways eventually sometime soon. He could end up being a Laker as well to join half the banana boat. He has his options. It could be the Rockets. It could be, uh, you know, I'm just throwing out teams right now. The Rockets are up there. The Lakers are another team. I've heard someone say, you know, throw his hat at, like, even another team like Milwaukee. And I don't think Milwaukee makes any sense, but... You're going to get every rumor in the world when it comes to Carmelo Anthony. I like Houston as an option. I do. Especially after losing Trevor Ariza. Now, Carmelo is definitely not the defensive player as as Ariza. But I do see there being a possibility of a guy that can make some big shots. He's still a good scorer. And he's not actually being number one guy. He goes to L.A., joins up with LeBron... And I think LeBron makes some, keeps him relevant, and he and him and LeBron I think can really play together. So they've been trying to do that for years. It, it would be very interesting to see how that would play out. Him going to LA after the big drama it was about four years ago before he signed the big contract with the Knicks to stay. Was he going to head to LA then? Was he going to head to Houston then? Now it's the same teams, the same exact teams that are are possibly in the mix. And the other team I forgot, which for some reason. Always seems to escape me, the Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade's there. I understand you have a faded Dwayne Wade that comes off the bench. But then you bring in Carmelo Anthony to come off the bench. And the biggest factor of all, not Pat Riley. That's not that's not the reason for, for joining the Miami Heat. Not Eric Spolstra, who's, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in the NBA. The biggest reason, you don't have to worry about taxes. There's no state tax in Miami. I mean... You know, it's just it's just staying there and not worrying about the payment situation, which is a big deal. And and I learned this recently from uh, Victor Cruz, who uh, was doing a live version of his podcast, and I had the ability to attend and actually speak to Victor a little bit. He said it himself. He said that you know, the money situation is very important, very important. Of course, family is important as well, but you want to make sure like you're not. You're maximizing the amount of that contract. So Carmelo's going to get paid off somehow. They're going to either extend out his contract, you know, how many years, but he's going to get paid. That's that's something to to really look at. But uh, like I said, LeBron going to L.A. is a big deal. I don't like the fact that he's going there because you're going to a place where there's been a bunch of Hall of Famers and you're just another name thrown into that mix. So I'm not a fan of it. Other people are, so be it. Uh, the biggest move, in my opinion, DeMarcus Cousins signing the one-year deal for basically nothing to play for the Golden State Warriors for half a season. Because he's still recovering from the injury. He's not going to be available realistically in the first couple months. He says he's going to be available for training camp. I don't think that's possible. That's, that's, a, that's an injury that's going to, you know, it's going to take a while. Same way people are saying Chris Dasport's name is the ACL. The Knicks are, are just, they're not looking forward to winning. They're looking forward to the following season. I think that's the plan. And I think holding Chris Stapps out for the rest of, for just all of uh, the 2018-19 year, 
might be what's best for the franchise moving forward. Just make sure he's healthy. And we'll see what happens from there. Kevin Knox. I know I'm all over the place, but just stick with me. There's a lot going on when it just comes to the NBA. Summer League has started. Kevin Knox, remember he got booed for uh, for being a selection and not Michael Porter Jr.? Well, Kevin Knox has been the most impressive player in the NBA Summer League thus far. Multiple 20-point games, athleticism, can hit the three-point shot. Uh, the guy is aggressive out there. He's not afraid to shoot the shoot the basketball. Can work with the shot selection a bit more, but I like what I see. And uh, I know a lot of other people do too. Uh, a couple of executives, you know, they always have the anonymous executive that seems to make it to the press. He's already called Kevin Knox as the best player out of the draft, saying now saying that he's ready right now to be a top guy. And mind you, I'm not trying to put the guy in the Hall of Fame after three or four summer league games, but he's been very impressive. I have to give him credit for that. I mean, I look at a guy uh, like Kevin Knox, and you know he's going to have the chip on his shoulder. He's only 18 years old; doesn't turn 19 until I believe August. The, the sky's the limit there. I mean, the Knicks really zeroed in on this pick. They were high on him from the start. They, you know, teased about going with Bridges. They teased about going with Trey Young. I am all for this. And uh, I think it's uh, a testament to what they have with Perry and Fisdale and, and just that whole thing with Mills. I, I like those guys now just putting this team together. And, and Mitchell Robinson, a very sneaky pick. He's been looking good as well during Summer League. And uh, since we're still on the topic of Summer League, Bagley's look good. Aiton's look good. Uh, Bamba, I thought all the top guys looked good except for Trey Young. Trey Young, just it, it, to me, he's forcing a lot of bad shots. He does not look comfortable out there. And, that's a, and I think that's a big deal. You know, you want to be a guy that gets the comparisons to Steph Curry, which is the reason why I think Atlanta traded for him because Atlanta's general manager was the assistant general manager for the uh, Golden State Warriors. So I'm thinking he fell into the whole hype of Trey Young being the next Steph Curry, and it just jumped on it. That's why he made that deal. It's uh, it's going to be a, a very interesting process for the Atlanta Hawks with him and uh, just the rest of the teams. I mean, I'm looking at, like, Philadelphia, and, and I'm going to talk a lot more about Philadelphia as well as the rest of the Summer League with uh, Dave Podgore. As you all know, I had him on the show um, last year. Big Philadelphia 76ers fan, follows Summer League, follows free agency, always has his, his own unique take on what's going on. Uh, I'm going to talk to him about that as well as Kawhi Leonard and uh, the plan for him moving forward because people just don't know what they're going to do. And just a couple other teams that's going on in the NBA because it's been a flurry of transactions and moves. So we're just going to just just chop it up and uh, see maybe we're talking about some things that you guys are talking about. So have some fun with that. Uh, also, just want to point out because, you know, 4th of July just passed. We had the annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest at Coney Island in Brooklyn. And Joey Chestnut, for the 11th time, is a champion. And he broke the record again, his own record, once again, 74 hot dogs with buns in 10 minutes. That is insane. I don't know how the man is alive and how he's keeping his body right after doing things like this and watching it. I don't get disgusted watching it. I actually seen this live in person, and these guys are uh, incredible. I got to give them a lot of credit. It's just 
it's different. You know, it's a different type of sport. I do consider it a sport. A lot of people go back and forth about it. I'm not putting him up there with Bill Russell as one of the greatest champions of all time. You know, I saw some tweets about that with the 11 championships for Russell and then the 11 uh, hot dog eating contest wins for uh, for Chestnut. I'm just not going to do that. But, hey, man, hats off. Hats off to him. I think that's an incredible feat within itself. And I don't see anybody breaking that anytime soon. 11 time champion of the hot dog eating contest and with no signs of slowing down the guy's still breaking his own record so he keeps bettering himself every single time out there it's incredible i'm really hats off to him how about that now as a special treat you know what i like to do with sports social is not just give you the actual you know sports everything's gonna be sports related of course i we did an episode about like gossip and and pop culture and sports well BET has uh, this show now called Hit the Floor. It was on VH1 for its first three seasons. Now it's uh, back. It was canceled for about a year and a half. It's been revived on BET. It has uh, season four, which uh, just just premiered. I just saw the episode. And it's an incredible show because it gives you a fictional, dramatic, soap opera type of um, look at a professional basketball team based out of Los Angeles with issues with their players. Uh, the cheerleaders are, you know, dancers, I should say, are a big part of it. The Devil Girls and, you know, the the fights amongst them. And then the, the side things with, like, a, a death in the, in the organization and people trying to hide it. The owners are shady. It's so much backstabbing in the show. And like I said, it's based off of a basketball team. Everything's around that. It surrounds a, a NBA, well, not really NBA. They never use NBA names or anything of that nature. But it is a fictional professional basketball team and a drama surrounding it. So I just thought it was a really cool show. I've, I've followed it from day one. And I was happy that they brought it back. And I was able to uh, attend, thank you, BET, for the invite to a special uh, a cast. The cast was speaking with everybody like a meet and greet type situation and answering questions regarding the new season. They didn't want to give any uh, spoilers out there. I'm not going to do too much with the spoilers. Uh, all I'm going to say is Dean K died. But, um, you know, uh, I'm not going to give anything else away, you know. Just going to leave that alone, so make sure you watch the show. But uh, they they were very open. Uh, the cast is a very fun cast. Uh, just got to, you know, speak a little bit with each one of them. As well as uh, just, you know, enjoy the Q&A because I was in the crowd. And there was a bunch of other people just throwing questions out there to him, to the director, to uh, all the actors and actresses that were on the stage. So it was a uh, a good time and just to understand all the work that they put into the show. Because like I said, it's an excellent show. If you haven't watched it yet, check it out. It's on BET every Tuesday night, I believe, at 10 p.m. So uh, Terrence, Terrence J, everybody knows him of uh, 106 and Park fame, as well as he's an actor from Think Like a Man and several other movies. He served as the moderator for it, and uh, I'm going to play a good portion of the uh, Q&A from it. It was uh, really great stuff, and just how open and honest they were publicly. And uh, like I said, it was a really good job by the cast and director for the show. So, uh... You know, it feels good, like I said, to be back. We're gone for a week. Um, hope everybody enjoyed their one day, weird one day off in the middle of the week. It's I, I'm not a fan of that. It's 
just seems odd. You can't really celebrate 4th of July on a Wednesday, then go back to work on a Thursday. It's, I don't know how anybody else enjoyed it, but hope you did. Just want to leave it there. Hope you did. As always, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Ed Easton Jr. If you have any questions or just any, you know, suggestions for the show, that's always helpful. And you can see my promos because even recently at the uh, event for Hit the Floor, you can see some of the pictures of me with the cast, uh, including Terrence J. And, uh, you know, leave a comment. How about a follow? And uh, let me know what you think. It's all fun. It's all great. And I'm always open for suggestions with making this show better. So, without further ado, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Eddie Stid Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, as well as the iHeartRadio app. iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations, plus your on-demand music collection, all in one app. iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music Pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music all in one app. Do you want to retire like a champ? Just like legendary basketball star Uncle Drew? Don't do it like that, Uncle Drew! You're already acing the game. You've got your dream ride. Don't be slamming my door. Sorry about that. You just did the same. Nah, gotta get the boys. Your dream vacation and your dream team. And now you can make your retirement just as legendary. I get buckets. Get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org. Alright, so Dave, now, what are you saying about these fan fictions that you're hearing about in the NBA? What's, what's going on through your mind? What you, what's, to, what's happening here? Okay, so let's, let's step back for a second. So LeBron went to the Lakers. Yeah. That's a wash. I mean, he's going to make the Lakers better. He's going to make the team more interesting. Uh, he but, makes the West more fun, but they're not going to win this year. They're, they're garbage. I mean, they still got KCP. They picked up JaVel McGee, one of the greatest centers in uh, no. Shaq McCool history. <laughs> you know, you, you got him. You got, uh, who's, who's the other guy they picked up? Because they made a couple signings. Lance Stevenson. Yeah. I mean, but they... <laughs> He's a great character What about guy. Julius Randle? They I'll, let him go. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Julius Randle stepping in for Boogie is awesome. I feel like that's going to be such a smooth transition. Because yeah. they're kind of the same player. What? Yeah. Really? I think so. Mm. I mean, Boogie. Boogie has more range. Boogie has more range. Boogie also has more moves down on the block. And I think as a rebounder, you know, Julius Randle, to me, is a stat. I say he's a stat guy. He gives you David Lee bounds, you know? Those are not real rebounds. Yeah, but he's going to be a good compliment for, you know? He's going to be a good compliment mm. for the team, for Davis. For Davis, do you yeah. think so? I think so. I like, I like New Orleans. That way he can play. He can... Push Davis out a little bit, be right. a little more ball dominant, which he kind of did last year right, when right. Uh, Boogie went down. Right. So you just slide him in there. The way I look at New Orleans, let's just talk about teams in general now. I love that team, the way they're set up. Even with Randall, I'm still not 100 on Randall, but Davis is so good that he makes everyone else around him better. You get a guy like Alfred Payton, who is a very underrated point guard. He may not be Rondo, but he's a guy that can play that position. And Holiday, you could slide him back and forth if you want to. They really, 
I think that team could be a lot better than they were last year because last year they surprised a lot of people, especially Portland, who I think is going to really drop this year. And that's why Damian Lillard is going to be on that trading block, I'm telling you. Do you think Lillard might go to the Lakers? Um, No. I, no. I've been hearing that for a while, that's and I an, feel like that's an interesting one. You wonder why that's impossible? Same conference. Portland and L.A. do not have the same type of uh, – they're not on the same length in regards to what they want to do in the future. Portland doesn't know what they want. They feel like they have a great team, but they just have no, no real future to base it off. Let's be honest. You got McCullough, um, McCollum, right? Then you start him with Lillard, but then what else do you have? Stoskis. You even had a left seat. <laughs> no, I Come mean, on. they, they signed, they re-signed Nurkic. So, okay. So they, they have the center. But is um, Nurkic, is he really the answer? Let's be honest. Come on. I think he's a decent center. In the West. In the West, yeah. If this was the Eastern Conference, then I'd say, yeah, they're a playoff team block. But in the West, they're eighth seed at best. I don't know. They were a third seed last year. Yeah, because they got hot. They, they got hot. guess what happened? They got cold in the playoffs. Four straight. How do you lose four straight like that? For a New Orleans team that wasn't dominant. They were not a dominant team. I so wish it was reseeded last year. I wish there was different seeds. Like, I wish that Golden State went up against the Pelicans right. in round one. Right. Because that would have made the whole West so much more interesting. Mm. You know what? That would have been fun. But at the end of the day, I look at we're still stuck Eastern Conference, Western Conference. Everyone talks about the West being better because of LeBron. But look at the East now. This gives the East an identity, I feel like. All these young players. Because the East could be considered the young, you know, fun conference. Well, who's going to make the playoffs in the East? Well, Sixers, so, obviously. Sixers, Your Celtics. Guys. Yeah. Um, Pacers. Pacers, definitely. Um, Pretty much, you could add all those teams. To, I think Washington gets in again. I think they get in again. Washington's. Even with Dwight Howard. They get it the again. Coach killer. <laughs> coach killer Dwight Howard. You know, yeah. can't kill Scott Brooks again. But. <laughs> uh, Milwaukee does. Milwaukee's going to get in. Milwaukee's just, they're not going to be a good team, but they're going to get in. Um, who else we got here? We got seven teams we already listed. Uh, Toronto. Toronto. They'll and, make uh, it. They're just that's such a dumb franchise. How do you fire the coach of the year because you can't beat LeBron? Now LeBron's out of conference, and we're never going to know. And you know what, Detroit, let's add Detroit to that list, because Detroit will make the playoffs. Really? They have Casey, I like Griffin. Griffin I mean, they, is really good. It, so it's the Heat, Heat's might make it. Heat is between they the were, Heat and They were a good team. Yeah. Um, I could see Charlotte maybe sneak in somehow. You know who's going to be the determining factor? Your boy Carmelo. <sighs> I don't want him anywhere. He's, <laughs> hey, he's your boy Carmelo. Come on, Ed. <laughs> Think about a Carmelo Anthony, because what if he does join the Miami Heat? Because that's been a rumor out there. Is Wade still there? Yeah. Alright. You bring the, that's half well, the banana that's, boat that's right half there. half the banana boat. That's what you need. <laughs> it makes sense. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no tax. There's no state tax. Why would Carmelo's about the money? Why would he not go there? It's, it's amazing how, <laughs> how much ripples Carmelo's just changed in the NBA. Yeah. Throughout the years. Alright. We just got the, um, I say we as I am a Sixers fan, but. I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> we just got uh, Wilson Chandler and Wilson freaking Chandler. You know, I mean, as a Knicks and he man, was too expensive from for the Nuggets. <laughs> well, I, look, since you're on here, you've openly said you're a Sixers fan. I have to criticize the Sixers in front of you, okay? Okay. There's a couple of things I want to criticize for you. I'll make it a list. Number one, 
the whole thing with um, Mikel Bridges. How do you draft a guy when you could have easily made that trade before your pick came up if you know you were going to trade him? That's embarrassing PR-wise. I think, I think Phoenix is very desperate to win now. But you were okay with the way the Sixers handled it. Yeah. You would have you done that to a guy that's homegrown Philly. It's a business, Ed. It's a business. <sighs> His mom, if they have an issue, they can talk to his mom in HR. Say, his mom works, they, they had his mom on camera saying, oh, my baby's coming home, all that stuff. And then you trade him? Yeah. You could have done this You could have done this two picks ago. And it was a steal of a trade. You got Zaire Smith. Uh, who I'm not sold on. That oh. guy is very raw. Let's talk about the irrational <laughs> one-game sample size of Summer League. Zaire Smith is an athlete. I think he's probably the best athlete in the NBA oh. right now. What? Oh, yeah. In the NBA? Yes. Okay, I'm going to remember this. We have this on tape, obviously. Okay, so I don't remember care. This. I'm just saying. But keep going. And we got a 2021 unprotected first-round pick from Miami. That's 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 star bait right there. <laughs> you dangle that in front of a little Kawhi trade. You think you think that's gonna happen? I don't want Kawhi. But we're gonna, we're gonna get to Kawhi. Yeah. We're actually gonna get to Kawhi. I do want to stay on the whole Philly. Why I'm just pissed off at this franchise. But Mikel Bridges is. We drafted someone that's 19. Yeah. Mikel Bridges is like what? 21. 21 or 22? He's, well, 20. Yeah, maybe 22. Yeah, like he was that. three years in the at Villanova. Right. Right. He he's an older player, so. He grew into the player that he is today. Yeah. What says, I mean, you're Kevin Knox. It's the same youth versus yeah. experience. Yeah, but once again, Knox, you know, I'm, I'm just you going to sample size of what I've seen so far. I think can't Knox teach athleticism, you know? <laughs> this is true. So you're getting Wilson Chandler, who basically does the same thing, and hope that he can just fit that role that Bridges would have fit anyway. I get that. Now, I'm looking at the Sixers, and I think you guys are starting to become too Hollywood already. Putting it out there. This is going to be a problem. You guys haven't won anything yet. And already you're getting uh, Joel Embiid. I think it's going to cover of NBA Live. The next game coming out. You got uh, Markel Fultz showing up to like Meek Mill uh, performances. And at the BET Awards. And the guys barely played any basketball at all. And then you got Ben Simmons. Who is just all over the tabloids for the last couple months now. You're okay with the image that your Sixers are portraying? I'm fine with it. They went from the underdogs to now they're just overexposed? I think it's good for us. I feel like it makes, to the general consumer, not just to sports fans, this makes the Sixers more marketable and it makes, hey, I can have my wife, she'll actually know who the... (laughs) <laughs> who these people are, you know? <laughs> so you so you have no problem with the have, whole Kendall Jenner and, and Tanache beef back and forth over Ben Simmons and he's just letting it happen? I'm fine. I, I, could, I, could, I could care less, to be completely honest. <laughs> well, this is this is what's happening to Philly. You guys have become the new, uh, unless new tabloids. It, unless it somehow actually becomes a distraction to what's on the court, which it hasn't proven to be yet. Okay. This This doesn't bother me. And, oh, how can I forget the if last... If anything, it, the only thing that would bother me is that yeah. it just makes more people want to go see the games. It makes tickets more expensive. But that's what you want. But you that want more it. people. But really, that is what I want. But then there's one, there's one last thing that I had to bring up. Uh, Colangelo. Burner Twitter. What's up with that? Guy's a snake. He's always <laughs> been a snake. Oh, so you agree with that this was all him, not his wife. Oh, I mean... <laughs> there's... So many issues with that. Like, first of all, <laughs> throwing your wife under like that, that's, 
even you're you're done in the league. You're done. You're done. <laughs> like I just never even if you like are innocent, you, you yeah. basically threw your wife under the bus. Yeah. It ain't good. <laughs> I I think I even saw like a prop bet out there on yeah. one one of the one of the sites. Yeah. That was basically giving who if he would divorce his wife before the. Uh, before the start of the season. That's actually kind of... That's, why is that that's even a dark. problem? It's that's dark. It's dark. very dark problem. Yeah. My God. And Dave, since I have you on, I'm throwing a bunch of topics at you. I just went Philly with you. Betting now. Gambling. Mm-hmm. Soon to be legal in New York. Legal in New Jersey right now. Your thoughts on that whole decision that now gambling is legal, even though it's been around forever. <laughs> I mean, it's been around forever. I think it makes things a lot easier. I think... Yeah. I think it's good for the states because they'll collect taxes off of it. I could see how people would get annoyed that there might be some corruption, but I mean, it's always been like this. Right. It's right. it's always been there. It's just yeah, now fan, now fan everyone's everyone's just getting a little collection from the pot. I don't want everyone. That's the thing that bothers me is that like the NBA is like, oh well, we need a cut of the slice. Of course. The NFL is like, we need a cut of the slice. I know college sports. Like I know. Well, they get I sport. heard. I heard. So it's legal in New Jersey, but I also heard Rutgers. Um, like they're trying to bar betting on Rutgers games. Which is kind of ridiculous. How do they just do it as one? How do they do it as one university? Yeah. That's, that's my question. If they succeed. You're going to see that, obviously. I really don't know what, what's coming from that. But yeah. also, with all these different books, they're not like a centralized book. Right. They're a centralized book to that state. So, say you go to Jersey, you go to Lang City. Yeah. They're going, you're going to see lines on games and like futures bets and all that stuff. But it might be skewed towards like the home crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, say I'm putting a futures bet on like the Phillies or on the Eagles or something like that. I could see... Right. The juice not being as good, but say I went to like Rhode Island. Rhode Island also recently legalized gambling. Right, right. Um, you see the Patriots, the juice is going to be insane on that too. Of course. So yeah. it's like it's betting home markets, and that's the one good thing that Vegas always had was it had a very neutral stance towards yeah. this, so you could get fair lines. Okay, that's one way. I feel like there's going to be a way where it does. This is going to go downhill somehow because they're going to yeah. find loopholes where people are going to be like, yeah, you could do this, but you can't do this. And then there's going to be a big discrepancy of what's betting and what's not betting. Because the whole FanDuel situation, they were like, oh, it's no longer gambling. It's called, uh, what is it? Fantasy sports. Fantasy, no, no, not even fantasy sports. They call it like, like almost like Facebook. They were saying this is a way of getting friends and having fun with friends. <laughs> I think that's what they were trying to sell it as. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But uh, my last question now, because I, I consider you a fan of all trades. Do you believe, and we just had this, Joey Chestnut is a top athlete in the world today? Because he just had, what, 74 hot dogs, a new world record? He keeps on crushing his own world record. <laughs> I, I still don't... I, let me just say, I think it's a, it's a sport. It's a, it's a contest, maybe. Right. I don't even know if it's really like a sport. I think you could put in. They but train. They actually they, train. They train, and they're they're in very good shape. Yeah. Like Joey Chestnut, his shape is a little weird. Yeah. He has like <laughs> he's got like muscles and like a dad bod at the same time. <laughs> but That's like, weird... if you ever seen like Kobayashi, like yeah. he that could 
jacked. Yeah. And uh, even the female winner, what's her name? Miko. Uh, yeah, uh, Miko. Uh, it's escaping me, but I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. She like, they're all very in shape. Like, yeah. you're, they're not who you think they would be. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot the question. No, I was just saying, do you consider him a, uh, I, uh, an all-star, like, athlete? Because people say they don't I think he's the best athletes. at what he does. Okay. You know, I saw a comparison between him and Bill Russell. It's like drivers. I, I don't consider, like... Oh, competitive so racing. NASCAR? I think it's a, I think it's a sport, but like I don't think it's like they're athletes. Okay. Because that's, you're, a, that's you're, a bold statement right there. Yeah, it is. They're driving, <laughs> but it's it's not like like a real athletic thing. It's right. a skill. Okay. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, I I've always kind of said that you know you got to have a lot of focus and and uh, some type of stamina to be in a car for 500 laps. Right? Yeah. Right? Because that would drive you crazy. Yeah, you have to have a good crazy. bladder. You had to <laughs> <laughs> have a lot of things. But hey, you, you never know. So um, I guess we got an answer on that. Dave, as always, thank you. I'm Paul George. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke, F-A-S-T, fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. Yeah? You remember that ball game we went to a couple years ago? Sure. And how you didn't have enough cash for two hot dogs, so you walked with me on your shoulders until we found an ATM? And then when we got back to our seats, we never saw the hot dog guy again. Well, I don't remember all that. Yeah, that was an awesome game. You never know which moments will be the ones they'll remember forever. So take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one 4 dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. I, I've always loved Milo's character because each of her interactions with every character has been like so different. She hates someone, she loves someone, and it really seemed like from the clips that she's at her zenith. And... Um, can you just a little dive into like what her experience is this season? I'm trying to take my job. <laughs> 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 well, so this year she owns a sports network, which is hysterical because she hates sports. So she's the boss again, which is great. That's really where Lionel's the most comfortable. But like I told you, she's single this year, so she doesn't. She's not trying to win over Pete. She's not married to Oscar anymore, which she hated. She has her bestie. She's got a great career, and she is on the loose. So she gets to be herself even more than she was before. So all I can say about Lionel this season is look out. Asha is now part of season four. Um, the the uh, I, we wanted everyone to come back and play, and people had different sort of paths they wanted to go on. Um, and we completely support um, the people who 
weren't able to come back or chose a different path. And, um, but it gave us an opportunity to have room for these guys, which I'm really grateful for. So we are very invested in Asha um, and Zero, and like the people who aren't here, we're very invested in them, and I love the seasons that we've had with them. We, I, I, I would love to have kidnapped them all and said, you have to do this. But unfortunately, that was my choice. So, um, on to the new, but to the latter. No, good So, I have described myself, my own relationship with the show, as kind of like a dumb dog. Like, I, it never occurred to me that the show wasn't coming back. Like, I, it never, like, just wasn't a concept. And so, but, you still need someone to feed you, a dumb dog still needs food, and the fans were incredible. <laughs> and the fans were like, yeah, exactly, did that come out wrong? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 it was one of those things that was like an accidental insult. The fans did a thong campaign, thongs for Hit the Floor 4. Of course, it's going to be, I mean, other like normal shows are like, we sent you a card or a letter. We're sending like panties, basically. <laughs> um, and the, the drive that everyone had to kind of keep it going, it, 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 it was just amazing fuel. And so that, I think the combination of having like Devil's Nation, which is just this like really scary gang that is powerful as all, can I say fuck? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so I get on now. <laughs> people were listening because BET picked us up and we're here on the stage at the Paley Center getting treated like fantastically and being so respected and appreciated and that's because of everyone in this room. Thank you. 
Oh, how? Who was sitting there? Well, I have a, um, like a Chevy Tahoe. It's like a cop car. So we have three rows. And then we just stacked all of our stuff from Houston and then put the dog on top of the stuff and then the pig on top of the stuff. My husband drove and then I would stay in the passenger seat. <laughs> yeah. That is so amazing. See, any girl I ever dated, if they was talking about the pig and the, they would have been talking about me as the pig. <laughs> You know, from, even though it's been a year and a half, right? I know everyone has so many questions. I mean, I watched three seasons in three days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I know that there's, even at the summer special, there's so many questions you have about where these people were, where the relationships were. And guess what? James does not wait. He doesn't drag it out. You don't show us drag it out. You like, by the episode four, you finally find out. Guess what? You find out by the first episode where everybody's been, what's going on, where they're at, and you also will find out about the But I can't say anything. I see that's the, uh, the boss of BT right there, Mike Armstrong. He's like, what is her name again? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 like, like, back in the class. <laughs> 
to, uh, he talks about the writing. Um, this season we had an all-female writing staff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> amazing women. And then I would also point out that our entire first season was directed by women. There's a lot of women, strong women, who work on this show. And actually, another person I want to point out here, uh, Sophie, a fabulous director in the back, who actually... <laughs> So we, women, rule the roost to hit the floor. So I want to give them all a shout because they get it done. Thanks for this. This is awesome. Um, I wanted to say for the show that's working together for so long, how was it with the new cast going on? Like how did it work? You know, you guys get together and acting together. How did that that chemistry go? I think it was just a. It was pretty. It was pretty simple. I think they just bring a different energy to the show. You know, I think like James just said, the people that were on the show before brought a very specific energy that people come to love. And I think um, now with these new people, we get to see how that energy affects us, as you know us. You know what I mean? All our ups and downs, and issues, and all that other stuff. So it it definitely um, it complicates things, and you know, open more doors and stuff like that. So James knows how to pick them. Everybody in real life, everyone's so kind and so giving and funny and we're just one big happy family. Coming in, you know, being in the business for so many years and going to sets all the time, you know, you don't always get blessed with what we were blessed with coming into a group that took us on as a family and we're so welcoming from day one. I mean from from the day of the table read, when I first met everyone, we were giving hugs, we were making jokes, they were like, welcome, you guys. And I think it spoke, it speaks to what McKinley said earlier, <laughs> earlier about how we all just, we knew, we know how much y'all love the show, and we really want to do it justice, and we really want to bring you something amazing. And so we all came in feeling that, and we were all supportive of each other, and I cannot wait for y'all to see. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall is a newbie, oh. so she let her go first. Y'all know I know how hard it is. I have demons. I have asthma. <laughs> <laughs> I always keep a couple of cables close by, but it was super, super hard, even if I didn't have that. It's eight hours a day. Like, you leave feeling like you want to throw up, <coughs> cry, and die at the same time. But once you actually shoot a dance, there's just something so rewarding. Like, you look at T, I look at Kat, who's done this before. And we all have the same energy, like, bitch, don't fuck this up. All the dances look so incredible. And then there's a moment, and there's a light bulb that goes off in your mind, and you're like, that's why I was bleeding. That's why I rolled my ankle. That's why I was crying, because this looks so fantastic. Like, it's all worth it. I'm just super excited that we have Tiana and Kendall, because for me, I learned so much from these new girls. I didn't think I could learn anything else. And, uh, Tiana brings this fire, this, this sass, and then this one over here, she is my hero. You know, she came into this dance squad and went full force and did not once say, I can't do this. She never complained. I really am so excited for y'all to see Kendall and Tiana as the new Devil Girls, and I'm proud as their captain. <laughs> Wait, I'm not Kyle right now, huh? <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, 
It's, it's, it's a fun year. And, and just to both of their point, I mean, you can look at pictures of them and you can see it and you'd be like, oh, I could do that. I mean, you have to understand how much work they put in that is even above and beyond the work that, I mean, they have to not only be series regular actresses, but they also have to put in all those hours with the rehearsals. It's so physical, and they are, you, it, it's, it's one thing to look at and go, oh, that's cute, I could do that. You could, I mean, I could dance for five minutes at a club and think I'm like, I could be like feeling myself. But to do the same thing over and over again, they're extraordinary. And just see, know how much work goes into that. Hopefully you see that now. And one question, can I say, so when you, as an actor, when you audition, you know, you get the side the day before, you have time to prepare, you go into a room, you've made choices, you know what you don't. I just learned recently that the dancers, they go into a room, the choreographer shows them the steps, and in like 15 seconds, they're like, go. They look at it once. And it's equivalent of like, if I read my script once and said, okay, I'm ready to do it. And it's just mind blowing. And then you see the finished product, and they're so down to earth, super cool, super welcoming. Tight, tight group of girls are awesome. So, well done. because it's not an easy show to come on to. And, and when you think about the requirements, like the time that it takes to do the dancing, like we saw Logan um, from the pilot to now transform into this amazing dancer. And when you have these new characters come into this world um, and uh, hit the floor and see how it affects them and you watch them as people grow, like watching, like getting to the end of the season and seeing how much all of them have grown, it's been really cool. So when you ask about you know, the new characters. I think what it is, just as well, is what is it that we're gonna bring out of them, you know what I mean? Because they're bringing a completely different life, completely different point of view, and I think um, that's beyond rewarding, you know? So I think it's gonna be really cool. And, and gosh, I hope, that, I hope they all make it to the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> if not, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> talk about the backlash on that to me ties directly into the questions of where's Asha, where's Zero, why aren't the things the way that I want them, and how I feel is as frustrating as sometimes it can be to feel like someone thinks I didn't bring her back, or like I didn't bring her, you know what I'm saying, like some, I feel the same way about the theme. What that shows to me is actually that you guys connected with it and connect with it. So I can be like, oh, that hurt my feelings. Or I can say, we all did something that you really enjoy. And the theme song is part of it. I mean, that Diplo song is phenomenal. I love it. But what the new characters, what the new song, you guys don't, it hasn't baked into you yet. I've been living with this for a year. I know it's amazing. <laughs> like, I love it. And I'm, I've been around from the beginning, so it's the same decisions that went into all this stuff. So I feel very confident that you're going to hear that Chun Li song, and you're going to be like, hit the floor, is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the show really embodies what he said, and then I feel like it represents him really well. I mean, I thought it was the choice. Thank you. I think that if there's one thing that Hit the Floor fans are, it's opinionated, and I'm never going to be able to turn that on. <laughs> so troll me all you want. I love you. Thank you. Season two with the reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. She slipped, right?
right. She slipped. She slipped. It was a, it was a very slippery floor. I, I'm just saying. But so what? That, so what? What Rose Cabin loves about how we did that was we made everyone stand up at the railing and look down at Olivia's lifeless body, and we just it was like an assembly line where we because I, I didn't want the cast to know. So I was like, okay, uh, McKinley, go stand there. You're kind of mad. I'm sorry, wait a minute. And then, what James does the whole season as well is he plants these seeds that make you be like, man, this is me. And you're like, okay, so look, I need you to focus, but like, think more murderous. So it was eight people up at that railing, and then my favorite is everyone, I'm like, okay, look angry, look vengeful, look like you're whatever. When Kat goes up, I'm like, I was so excited to do some drama. I was like, oh, seriously, I killed her. And I was like, no, I'm just going to work. Give me like, a little smirk. Give me a little smile. Like, really? Because you know when Kyle like, pushed her, she'd be like, <laughs> she wouldn't be going to church afterwards. So, like, yes. Anyway, so then, because of the actors didn't know. So basically, we ended up like a week before we aired, we finally like plugged in Mr. McDaniel. Um, and everybody watched it live, and, uh, and so the reaction was great. That's actually one of my favorite pieces of footage. You can go on YouTube and see them reacting to the fact that like, they were like, oh my god, it was Asha. Oh my god, it was German. Who fell? Who fell? Like Logan and Taylor. And they went, ah, and then just, I think Logan is gone. Like, she just was all, yeah. and yeah. fell to the floor. And so season four, I mean, you know how we do. So season four, you know those last few seconds of the finale are going to be all kinds of messed up. That was the end of the anecdote. I was going to say, can I just say real quick that I know, um, from the vets to the young, you know, to the newbies, to James, we, we really are like a family. We really click, you know, um, we travel together, we hang out together offset. And one of the things that we really share is our love for the fans of Hit the Floor. Like we really do. I don't know about a lot of other actors in the industry and how they feel connected to the fans who really pay the money and watch their shows and give them their ratings. But all of us as individuals are very humble and very blessed that we've been able to be on such a great show and we've had such great responses throughout all the seasons from the fans. All of us get stopped individually from fans all around the world and it's just, it's really amazing honestly for us to be able to feel that. And so I just wanna say for everyone that we appreciate you guys coming here today. I want to take the time to thank my guest Dave Podgore, the biggest Philadelphia fan, sports fan out there, obviously his Sixers, and I had to grill him a little bit about his Sixers because uh, I'm not completely sold on uh, some of the stuff that they've done so far. So once again, thank him for coming by, you know, it was just, just a good time. And um, also, the hope everyone did watch Hit the Floor. Because, like I said, I only gave away one thing. You know, Dean K died. He died on the show. Okay, so look forward to that. As well as the whole Asha situation. So all those hardcore fans are going to hate me for spoiling the show. You should have watched it by now. It's been out. This episode is up. You've had enough time. 
that's the way I'm going to do it, okay? As always, hit me up at Ed Easton Jr. Instagram and Twitter. And what's your thoughts on the show? How we can make it better? SportsSocialPod.com is the site. It's also being updated as we speak. So until next time, you've been listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, as well as the iHeartRadio app.